I'm gonna get roasted for that for sure. Oh, you're done. You're done. If I looked all over the world, and there's every top of girl, but your empty eyes seem to pass me by, leave me dancing on with myself. So let's sink another drink, cause it'll give me time to think. If I had a chance, I'd have a woman to dance, and I'll be dancing on with myself. Pitchers and Catchers report is underway, and the Blue Jays are under a week away from spring training. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to episode 56 of the Section 138 podcast, a weekly Blue Jays podcast talking about all things Blue Jays. I am joined by Jacob, who is returning this week. Hello, Jacob, and welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back now. It is good to be back. You, you know, you had an Ironman streak of two weeks, and it's time to, or it's time for you to get back on that and break that, okay? Yeah. Don't worry, I think I'm finally going to start getting consistency. I just, last week I had some unexpected things come up. Yeah, no worries. And with uh, spring training around the corner, you know, it's more valuable and valuable that you're going to be in in here with us. So we do hope to have you on a regular basis. And unfortunately, our usual host, Mark, from 360 Blue Jays News, was unable to join us this week. Uh, He had some schedule conflicts that he had to attend to, and he is expected to return next week. But uh, that's okay because, you know, as the week went on, actually, there was a ton of news that came out and it was actually building more and more towards our episode this week. And we believe that we have a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, But before we get to anything, uh, we just uh, here at Section 138, we want to remember and give a shout out to Tony Fernandez, uh, who passed away this past Saturday night at the age of 57. Uh, Fernandez was dealing with kidney failure and had a brain stroke on Friday, and that that was when uh, his family decided to pull him off of life support, and last night was when he passed away, uh, as we were recording on Sunday, uh, February 16th. And of course, for um, Blue Jays fans, longtime Blue Jay fans who lived throughout Tony Fernandez's career, uh, he was obviously an all-time great Blue Jay. He had multiple stints with the team, it was four, and combined with those four stints, he had a total of 12 seasons played. Obviously an amazing career and was one of the best um, players that Canadians got to watch. And um, he was actually part of the 1993 World Series roster when he was traded back to the team midseason. Kind of gave them a spark midway throughout the year, as you know, every trade deadline acquisition would. And in his 12 seasons with the Blue Jays, he had a career batting line of 297, a 297 average, a 353 on base percentage, and a 400 and 412 slugging percentage, uh, with the combined 60 home runs and 613 RBIs, and was a four-time All Star. And now Jacob, obviously, we weren't alive. Uh, for uh, for Fernandez's career, but I am sure each of us, including Mark, have watched multiple clips of Fernandez's highlights uh, with his career and just pretty much what he meant based off of the highlights he had and uh, what other people who have watched Fernandez have had to say about him. Uh, what are your thoughts on his Blue Jays legacy? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's one of the greats. You know, when you when you talk about the the glory days of the Blue Jays, it's always. Uh, Roberto Alomar, Joe Carter, all them, but Tony Fernandez is always uh, a name that's consistently brought up, and I mean, he's just, he's he's, he's a great player, as you mentioned, he was a part of the World Series team in 93, and it's just, it's sad to see such a, a young guy go, considering, uh, especially considering how many people in the sports community have passed within the last couple of years, you know, it's just, he was way too young, in my opinion, and it's just... It's unfortunate. I mean, I think I don't think it'll take away from how great of a player he was, but I think it'll just add maybe a little bit more 
awareness to him because now people are gonna gonna be talking about him more and you know for me personally like you said we weren't really around when he was playing but you know we, we have uncles aunts, uh, grandparents who did watch him and you know they're probably gonna you know want to talk to their kids about him just because they'll probably be you know a little upset and then they'll talk to their kids and mention you know how this was such a great player and it just it, it is sad honestly in my opinion that just somebody at this age had to had to go mm-hmm. and of course Fernandez is in the level of excellence at the Rogers Center and then uh, yeah we we heard about um, his health problems that were kind of building up the past couple of weeks it was believed his health was improving but unfortunately uh, the brain stroke he suffered on Friday um, that changed things really quickly and of course we want to send our condolences to the Fernandez family and as well as I'm sure the rest of uh, the Blue Jays will and um, with that, I guess, um, again, just remember Tony Fernandez, who passed away at the age of 57. Uh, rest in peace. And moving on to our first topic of the day, we will be talking about the MLB rule changes that were that actually came out, or a proposal came out uh, a few days ago um, of what Major League Baseball is actually going to be promoting, or proposing, sorry, uh, for the future. And uh, we, we were discussing this in our our group chat and a lot of us were confused um, with this and I think you know based off of a lot of fan reaction as well on social media this hasn't gone um, this hasn't gone through very well with a lot of people so here here's what the MLB is planning to do so with their postseason change uh, changes will include seven teams in the postseason rather than five the team with the best record in each league would get a buy directly to the divisional series the two other division winners and wild card teams uh, with the next best record, would each host all three games in a best of three wild card round. So the bottom three wild card teams would have no home games in the first round. The division winner with the second best record in a league would then get to pick their first opponent from the lower three wild card teams. Then the other division winner would pick, leaving the last two wild card teams to play each other. So this, the idea is this would bring in more viewership and revenue with expanded playoffs and more of an attraction to TV networks. So as all of you are wondering what the heck I just said, to put things as simple as I can, they want to get rid of the single game wild card and said have it a series, and they want the lower wild card teams to have no home games. And the thing that really gets everyone's attention, this is when things go south, uh, based off of a lot of our opinions, is that the top teams get to choose their opponents. And um, you know, Jacob, you you had some strong opinions on this as well when we were talking. Um, what are, exactly are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I'm happy that the the league is trying to expand the playoff teams, but I'm a little disappointed that they somehow chose the dumbest way possible to do this. I think, I mean, seven teams per league I think is okay, but I personally would prefer if they did 16 teams and kind of like in the NBA where just like the top eight teams from each league got in and then uh, they basically just have continuous series uh seven game series where it's like first place versus uh eighth place second versus sixth um but anyways i think honestly if you're one of those bottom teams that don't get a single uh home game i think they should feel offended in my opinion because if you make it to the playoffs and you can't even have one game or you're not even guaranteed one game in front of your home fans that's just a bit of a slap on on the or a slap in the face in my opinion because, you know, you look at, say, the Tampa Bay Rays last year, they 
just squeezed in, you know, how could you, you know, say something like that happens again, where it's like a nice story, a team finally is able to get into the playoffs, but they don't get a single playoff game at home. Like, I just, I think that's personally, like, that's stupid in my opinion. And I, I like the the wild card uh, that they're trying to get rid of it, but I, again, I just, I don't think this is the way to do it. I think you have to just get rid of <clears throat> any type of, affiliation to the wild card just go straight to five or seven game series because a best of three i mean it is an improvement but i don't think it's the improvement that we all want uh and i think also just to wrap this up the the fact that the top team is able to pick their opponent i don't know i i thought it was kind of like awful at first but i'm kind of warming up to it not not in the sense that like I want it at all but I do kind of understand the logic behind it because say you are a team that is able to choose your opponent and a team that technically y you had a better record against was uh, higher up in the standings you know or lower in the standings you would kind of be able to face them instead of a team that was higher up uh compared to like i said the ml or the nba format where say the the first place team or, or say to make it better the third place team in the division is playing a t would normally play a team that they technically weren't as good against statistics wise they would be able to choose um if you're in the league if that kind of makes sense you're able to choose your opponent so you can kind of go matchup wise but i just think it's kind of it's it's allowing kind of you're taking away from the aspect or from the from the game itself and making it more about who's able to outsmart somebody without even playing on the field which is just i i, I just i don't agree with it i think who wherever you land in the standings is where or is, is what determines who you play against in the playoffs and if you're the first place team and the last place team that qualified for the playoffs tech uh destroyed you in the season they beat you every game well then i mean that sucks so you, i don't think you should be allowed to say well we don't want to play against them because they had our numbers and we're going to pick a team that didn't have our numbers yeah um again there's a lot of there's a lot going on here with the the proposal and uh just to let you guys just let everyone know this is a proposal that would come as as early as 2022 and you know, again, I agree with you about the part that they should be expanding the playoffs. I think it's good. I think it's something that baseball, it's like a much needed thing that baseball's trying to do. As you look at other, t other sports where there's just, you know, there's a lot more teams um, that make the playoffs and it's just, you know, it's, it's on more and the fans can kind of be more engaged with the whole playoff, uh, throughout the whole playoffs. And, you know, I think the biggest improvement here is them re removing the wild card game just because, you know, um, the wild card game is just a, a simple coin flip, okay? It's nothing more than that. You, it's not even, you know, com the game is managed completely different. You have a starting pitcher, obviously a short leash, and you pretty much throw any pitcher you have in the bullpen. And again, it's just based off of a coin flip of who simply has a better day. And whoever has the better day, it could be anybody, the, you know, a pitcher who's supposedly better than the other pitcher. Well, in a coin flip, there's a chance that the other pitcher would outdo the pitcher who was supposed to be good, uh, so on and so on. And I really, I really like the idea that they want to get rid of the, the wild card game just because of those reasons, as it's, in my opinion, just not a fair series. Uh, no matter if you win or lose it, you still look back on it and you can, I'm sure every fan whose teams win a wild card game, we've been there before, 
2016, you know, it just feels a bit lucky, right? Um, one little mistake that anybody can make can cost you the game. And in that case, it was Zach Britton who didn't come in to close the game due, because the game was tied and extra innings. Buck Showalter didn't, decided not to bring him in. And that could have easily saved the Blue Jays that game. Um, and then you can, and so on and so on. And the part that when they're pick, when they say they're going to be picking their playoff opponents, I just I don't like it. I, I have no like optimism towards uh, how it would it would work. Um, even if a team is picking their opponent, you know, it's just going to be that one thing that everyone argues about that everyone just decides to you know make fun of them for. And you know, let's just say the team who picks the other team, like the high seed picks the lower seed and the lower seed somehow wins, then everyone's going to go back and dissect the process of why they chose this team, why they chose that team. Um, sure, you know, a team can have uh, their number in the regular season. If you want to make a reference, I'm sure if this playoff format existed in hockey, uh, the Bruins would decide to play the Leafs every single year. Hey, and, let's, let's not bring that up, please. Yeah, but you I'm know what? I'm still traumatized. It's, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and, you know, as things looking now, it looks like it could happen again this year. But anyways... What I'm trying to say is, I just, I don't think it's fair for teams to do that. And I just, you know, it just, you completely lose, you know, it's just for fans, you can see, it can be hard. It just seems something that would, can be hard to ver to understand. And I think if, you know, you don't see this in any other sports, and I think you see that for a reason, like the way that it sounds, it's like you're playing a video game where you get to choose who you're going to play in the playoffs. You get to set up your whole bracket when it shouldn't be determined by that. It should be determined on the regular season and the seating, the seating that you fairly place. And I just think it's not a good idea for baseball. Um, you know, you're trying to bring in more fans, obviously, and I think a st there's a start uh, for the idea that you want to expand the postseason, which is obviously tremendous. Um, I think they're also looking to expand the, uh, the playoff formats in other sports, such as football. So it's something that would definitely create more of a, an interest level for TV networks with the new collective bargaining agreement that's due in the next couple of years uh, with Major League Baseball. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what... We'll, We'll see where this goes, and you know it's hard to imagine that this will be approved there by a lot of teams. I doubt it'd be approved by half of the league, and um, you know it's just it's it's really odd. But I think you know at some certain points, like just generally expanding the playoffs and getting rid of the wild card round, I think that's a start. And I think from there, that you know they got to sit down and reevaluate how they want to do it because there's a lot of other playoff scenarios what you can do. Um, with that start, getting rid of a wild card game and expanding the playoffs, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of work that you can add on from there. It doesn't have to be, you know, the whole proposal doesn't have to um, go to waste because people don't are people don't agree with the idea that you want to choose playoff opponents. So I think you know Major League Baseball is somewhat on the right track here, and hopefully, you know, for fans who just don't want this to happen, including um, including parts of ourselves, including uh, Mark from what. We, you know, we spoke about this week. Hopefully this, you know, this doesn't happen. But um, it'd be interesting to see or hear from fans who actually support this idea, uh, full-on support this idea. I know you said you're, you're starting to warm up to it a little bit slow, uh, a little bit. But again, it'd be very interesting to see the people that actually agree with this. Um, you know, the people who do, I would assume that they think it brings more fun to the game. But again, very, very questionable uh, proposal that they had. Yeah, see, I'm kind when i say warming up to it it's kind of it's it's complicated because i do i kind of i like the concept of it but in all actuality i don't think it would work out just because like you what you just brought up it just it's gonna add 
a lot of unnecessary complexity to to the to the format and you were mentioning earlier and i kind of found this funny when you said that if the higher seed team picked the like the say the lowest seed team or whoever they picked and then that team beat them you know it's just it's i don't know it's just it really made me laugh because if that actually happened say like the astros picked last year actually i'm not gonna bring them up because do we not mention their names but yeah okay uh say the the dodgers last year because they i believe they were like first in the west or something say they picked a team that was solo and then kind of what happened last year first round uh upset that would you know an upset in the first round is when you're that high in the standings is bad enough but picking your opponent and then having them beat you would just i mean we'd get some good memes out of it but it's just I, i i don't think it would be good for you know actual baseball fans i just i think it would it would ruin it in a bit, in a way. Yeah, we've seen enough memes of the Leafs every year, so um, you know, you just can imagine for fans of what happens. You know what would happen, but again, it'd be interesting to see where this plays out. Uh, obviously, a couple years away, but again, they are on the right track. And uh, let's move to our next topic, and a fairly interesting topic, um, a topic that I actually was very curious to why or your thoughts on this again, Jacob. So let's bring this up and let's quickly cover it. I'm sure fans will want to hear this for quite a bit, but let's just let's let's talk about it a bit. So Reese McGuire uh, was arrested last week for exposure of sexual organs and given notice to appear in court uh, in mid-March. Um, he was arrested in a parking lot during the day within a few blocks of the Blue Jay Spring Training Facility, and I think it's pretty you know obvious to what was going on here. I don't think we need to repeat it on on the air and you know a lot of people are finding this funny of course i guess you can you, you can laugh about it a bit but you know this is still a legal matter to reese mcguire and um you know he's actually been actually uh, general manager ross atkins said he actually wants to speak to the media so um again i don't understand what you would have to say or what could you say after uh this came out but this is where things get a little interesting uh jacob on text you said yesterday, oh let the poor man live his life, let him live. Uh, explain, please, of how you can possibly <laughs> think that Reese McGuire was doing the right thing in a Florida parking lot during the day, alone, within a block of the spring training facility. <laughs> okay. Let... <laughs> okay, as a 18-year-old... Oh, f- voice crack. <laughs> voice crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay as an 18 year old guy uh i think it's fair to say that anybody as a joke would say let the dude live when he's trying to, i mean i think it's kind of was it a joke though no, or no, are you I, being serious okay i i was i think it's weird what he was doing in in a car in public of all places i mean if you really need to do that go to like a bathroom or something or like your hotel room but i think <laughs> i don't know maybe it's just it, i'm not mad that he was like okay no no no, no. i was i'm not if i saw that on the street i would probably find that hilarious and tell my friends until the day i die but if i was say like a dad with like a kid i would be i would go. be obviously yeah. upset because that's disgusting um <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh God! When when I meant let him live, I meant like let the poor man live his life. Yeah, he he's 
inter- like he's just trying to mind his own business. I just think <laughs> I just think he's his business should be taken care of you in don't... a place that's not accessible to the public. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, see that's yeah. that's the thing. Like um to say it's weird is an understatement and if you want to you know, be mind your own business, um there's no reason why, you know, I don't think a parking lot's the right place to go, but you know, if you have anything else to add on to this, just that we can kind of understand why you said this, <laughs> rather than laughing, it'd be much appreciated. Um, shit, I, how do I explain this? <laughs> and there's nothing really much to explain, but you gonna you got uh, you have to yeah. now after what you said yesterday. <laughs> okay, I think in oh, f- I think I honestly just. <laughs> Boy, stop that. <laughs> I I think overall I just kind of meant this as uh kind of in a joking way like you know poor guys just trying to uh, have fun I guess is the way I'll put it. He he's just trying <laughs> have fun in a, party, tra- a Florida parking lot that- during the day. Flo- oh, oh my man. god. The, the, okay, the you Florida know what? Moving on to our next has topic. Gotten to um <laughs> Yeah, moving Thank on to you. the next topic. That's enough. Uh, we'll talk about Kevin Pillar. So Kevin Pillar, actually, we, we were talking about this over the few weeks of uh, what's what, what his whereabouts are in free agency. We even had a brief, quick uh, question, Q&A. If we thought he'd be a good fit for the Blue Jays, we all said no. And um, after the Mookie Betts trade became official, uh, the Kevin Pillar sweepstakes uh, heated up, and he is now signed a one-year deal with the Red Sox worth $4.25 million. That's quite a bit of money for Kevin Pillar, but he's back in the AL East. And he again, he signed a few days after the Mookie Betts trade uh, became official. And if you look at this, uh, quite simply, this is a great opportunity for Kevin Pillar. As, you know, again, he's, as much as this is kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a sl- slap in the face to Red Sox fans, just because, no disrespect to Kevin Pillar, but you're going from the talent to Mookie Betts to Kevin Pillar. You know, it's a little bit of, um, it's not a very optimistic reaction but unfortunately you got to fill the hole somewhere and they decided to do that with Kevin Pillar and again we, we know Kevin Pillar um, he spent barely like two or three games with the Jays last year but was eventually traded to San Fran and he had a, he had a typical Kevin Pillar year uh, where you know he hits from 250 to 260 so 259 uh, his on-base percentage was below 300 as usual 287 and a 432 slugging percentage with 21 home runs and 99 RBIs and again you know with Mookie Betts gone uh, the Red Sox current outfielders are Andrew Benatendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., J.D. Martinez, and newly acquired Alex uh, Verdugo, who came and part of the return uh, from the Dodgers. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the signing, quite simply? And um, do you think this is a how good of an opportunity do you think this is for Kevin Pillar? Uh, I think it's honestly a great opportunity for Kevin. I think he, uh, like you said, he did get a quite a quite a nice paycheck. Um, one thing I am kind of upset not upset about but upset in a friendly way is that he's back in the AL East because now we have to watch him uh make those catches against our team which is it's fun when he's on your team but it's not fun when he, you're against him um but I think he has a I, I don't think it's uh unfair to say that he'll make the Red Sox team out of spring training and I think it's just it's another opportunity for him to to maybe regain what he had with uh, the Blue Jays you know, maybe a starting role, depending on, or maybe not a starting role, actually, now that I look at their depth chart. But I think he could definitely 
take as the fourth outfielder, you know, he could fight for that last spot. I think if maybe worse comes to worse, he could... I don't think he'll spend time in the minors. I think that would be kind of disrespectful, especially considering that they're, like, actually paying him. Um, but, yeah, I think he... Great opportunity for him, and hopefully he makes the most of it. And I, I'm excited to see him play consistently, uh, like I said, but I'd mean, prefer if it wasn't against our team, um, just because of how, you know, what he's able to do. And we, we've seen it over the past six... Or, no, not... Uh, five years I believe it was five seasons so you know we, we've seen what he's able to do and it's great to see him get to you know take his talents and use them you know he's I'm excited for him yeah and you know just again to touch on things four and a half or almost four and a half million 4.25 um you don't pay somebody that much to play in the minors so if things don't work out for Polar obviously there'll be some sort of release thing uh, a release or a trade and um, you know, looking at the depth chart right now, he's got a he's got a really good chance. I would say to, you know, I, I think Verdugo has the edge on him to make that outfield spot. But he definitely he has a case to make to be the fourth outfielder to start. And he's obviously got to have to have a good spring. And you know, again, you know what you're getting from Kevin Pilar. And whether you liked him or you hated him, based off of you know how he hit rather than his defense, um, he 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 is safe to say. He's a major league outfielder, and I think he deserves that, and I think we all understand that. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of a change for him in San Fran last year as he was kind of playing all types of positions in the outfield, as he rightfully is, I, in I, my opinion, a fourth outfielder. But he was obviously on a, you know, a, team, a Jays team where, I guess in 2015, he, he did have a, a great season, a hot season, but, you know, as they, as they took, uh, began to plummet in 2017 and 2018... Uh, you know the depth of what the Jays really had wasn't really much there, so you know you had to you had to play him in center field every day. And I think you know his role he utilized his role fairly in San Fran, and he's obviously going to have the same role in Boston. It's again, it's hard. It's it's going to be hard to see uh, for him to you know be in the outfield every day unless you rotate JD Martinez with uh, the DH, which is actually something to keep in mind. So he might play a little more than he did last year. And again, you know, you got to fill the hole for losing uh, Mookie Betts. But again, for, as a Red Sox fan and seeing this, it's, it hurts. It hurts. And it's no, there's no disrespect to Kevin Pillar as that trade. Again, I still don't understand to this day uh, why the Red Sox did it, especially a team in Boston with a strong market and they couldn't find the money to pay him, uh, which is very odd. And uh, you weren't with us last week, but you just quick reaction to the, the trade as we, we did speak about it. What are your thoughts on it? I think honestly it's crazy. I mean, there were so many rumors about how it's it's on hold and then, you know, it it went through and I I was sitting uh f- trying to follow the news on my phone and I was like, "Okay, what what is going on here?" Um but one thing that is cool for me is I do know a Red Sox fan and I do like to to chirp him about these types of things. And yeah, I think it's it's definitely it's it's interesting, you know, with the Red Sox, you'd think that such is, such a prominent team with you know a lot of money they would be able to afford players like this but I mean it's it's crazy honestly that's all I can really say especially you know the whole timeline of of the how the trade unfolded I think it's it's cool for the Dodgers honestly uh, that's really awesome for them especially acquiring David Price but I think if you're a Red Sox fan, you're probably just sitting back going like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, and to add on to that, as you're a Blue Jays fan, as we note, I also noted last week, this is a massive win to end your 
uh, your offseason, as Mookie Betts was just a Blue Jays killer. And uh, I also compared the trade to kind of kind of like a Raptors Kawhi Leonard trade last year, where the Dodgers have consistently lost in the playoffs, and they're they're going all in this year. And Mookie Betts is on a contract year. You obviously hope to sign him long term, but I think if they win a title and he and he walks, I think it's going to be okay for them because rightfully so, especially with this Astro scandal, the Dodgers uh, they've 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 had some heartbreaking ends to their seasons, and I think. You know, I think it's very similar to what the Kawhi Leonard mentality. They're going all in for the year, and you do your best to keep them. Great, and if you don't keep them but win a title, it's still a successful uh, trade, in my opinion. And uh, just adding on to that as well, uh, Major League Baseball released their projected AL, their uh, standings for the all divisions in baseball, and to dissect it uh, for the AL East, this is as well after the Mookie Betts trade. They still have the Blue Jays projected at fourth, while the Yankees are projected at first, as is expected, the Rays second, and they have projected the Red Sox to win 85 games and lose 77, while the Jays would have an opposite record and go 77 and 85 and finish fourth. Now, Mark, both Mark and I said last week that we believe that the trade would give the Jays more a, a way better chance of finishing third in the AL East, as I still believe that, even after looking at this uh, projected standings. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on this, and I do. I do think these, you know, the disrespect is that is real for the Jays, and you know, you got to hope for a great season. Obviously, a lot of things got to go well, but you know, uh, there's no reason why this team can't finish near 500 if all goes well. And you know, just to add a little bit of a comedy to it, uh, they have the New York Mets winning the NL East at 88 and 74. So maybe these projected standings aren't too. <laughs> dependable but what are your thoughts on these updated um projected standings and do you think the jays have a chance at finishing third see i think finishing third is a kind of relative to how the red Sox do i think what we kind of have to focus more on is how the blue jays do uh, themselves and i think a 77 and 85 record is a little disrespectful honestly i think f if you said if they said 500 uh, 81 and 80 no hold on what's what's uh, my math is yeah 81 and 81 I think uh, if they were 500 then I can I can understand that I wouldn't get mad um, but I think third place really just depends on how well or how bad the Red Sox do um, yeah I mean we're I think as Canadian sports fans we're kind of used to this I mean the Raptors always get uh you know they don't get as much hype just because nobody seems to care about the Canadian team same with the the Blue Jays I mean I think I, I do kind of understand where the where the league is coming from because when there's a rebuilding team especially in baseball with as many young players as the Blue Jays do have it is kind of a coin flip on how they could do but I think that the safest bet would be at least a 500 record and you know, with, like we saw last year with Bo and Vlad and Biggio and all these guys coming up, you know, this year, I think maybe the first couple months, they might still be a little slow, but I think, at, not slow, but you, you know what I mean, like they're still learning, but as the season progresses, I think they will, you know, do re really well and then eventually, you know, maybe get 30 wins in the last okay maybe 30 wins is but you know what i mean like they'll they'll do they'll do a lot of their winning towards the end of the mm -hmm. season and especially with the uh the ryu signing i think i think 
third or fourth, like I said, is just kind of dependent on the Red Sox. But I think a 500 record is probably the it should that's what they should have been given at least in my opinion yeah and there's no argument there and and you know just to to add on to it a little bit expanded playoffs in a couple of years the yankees are and rays are top the at least that third place spot could be pretty um pretty valuable and the jays you know and that gives the jays a better chance to make the playoffs in a hard division so we'll see how everything transpires there and we'll see how the season goes on, and once again, you know, everything's got to go right for this team this year to be close to what uh, we are both projecting as I think. I think 500 is a fair projection, but again, we'll see. And uh, with that, we'll move into um, our last big topic before we touch on a, a few small things. And of course, you have to save the best for last, the Houston Astros. Uh, we decided to move them into last this week just because, quite frankly, we're simply tired of kicking off our podcast every week with the Houston Astros. So uh, if you're still listening... Uh, it's about to get even funnier for people who actually think the Houston Astros are being honest with everything they're saying. Because the one thing that is clear is that there's something new with this team every day. And the more that we hear about it, the more they are despised by everyone in baseball. And I think rightfully so, as they deserve it. Um, so we'll start things off with the Astros, how they handled everything in spring training. So pitchers and catchers report uh, happened for them, obviously, or this past week. And the very first day of pitchers and catchers report, they actually fenced off their whole parking lot and not one player was eligible to speak to the media. And at what at no point did the Houston Astros PR department ever release a statement of any warning that this was going to happen. So then we move into the next day. And this is when owner Jim Crane, uh, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and Carlos Correa spoke, uh, defending obviously what the Houston Astros did uh, from 2017 to 2019. And uh, it's fair to say that you know, a lot of people don't, you know, looking at their apology, it's kind of a slap in the wrist. You can tell that they, they're very unapologetic based off of what they were saying. And, you know, it's it's very hard to believe. And again, there's been all respect um, has been lost uh, towards that organization right now. And, you know, based off of what they've done, they don't, des- they by far do not deserve that 2017 World Series title. But unfortunately, uh, I believe it looks like they're going to keep it. So... The one highlight that Jim Crane said, owner Jim Crane said, and again, this is another person who you just, how do you even believe that he had no idea what was going on is he's the team owner. Everything goes by the team owner and he still states that he had no idea what was going on. But this is what, this is what he said. He said the sign ceiling that they did had no significance to their world series title in 2017 as they were just, as they were too, as they were good enough and they did it based off of their skill and uh, how the team was playing. So right away, he, he was then asked to repeat what he just said, and from there, he actually backpedaled and said that's not what he said. So the one thing I think we can understand from Jim Crane is this is the first time I've ever seen him speak, or the first time I've ever seen his face, is that, you know, based off of what he said, he sent, he was very arrogant, one. And number two, it's just, it's, it's, the last thing I'm doing right now is believing anything that organization says, and it's pretty clear that they, uh, they're, they're lying. And... You know, A.J. Hinch and their former general manager uh, took the hit, obviously, maybe. And some think that the players should be suspended for this and there should be more punishment uh, thrown out. But again, how how funny is this, in your opinion? What are are your thoughts on how poorly they handled everything uh, from the first day of spring training? I think Jim Crane is a clown, in my opinion, like, honestly. This guy basically came out and said we cheated, but it didn't affect our performance. Like... 
that's honestly just the stupidest thing I've ever heard somebody say. And I think the Astros, I mean, what are they uh, playing a bit of devil's advocate? What are, you know, what are they supposed to say? Uh, I think they should uh, admit to it. I think they should do more than just say, oh, my my bad, Uh, won't happen again. I think they should definitely own up to it and be, you know, men about it. I mean, we saw, who was, I think it was Josh Reddick or somebody, no, I can't remember who it was. Somebody uh, that that used to play for the Astros and he actually went out and admitted to it and he apologized from the the, the team that he now plays for. Uh, he he basically said, yeah, you know, we we screwed up, we were idiots, and yeah, that was a uh, few players. Mike Fires is the original whistleblower, I guess, or he whatever he he revealed it, and then uh, Dallas Keuchel, who's now with the White Sox, even came out and admitted to it. And they're all saying the basic, you know, I wish I could have done more, I wish I could have done more, but yeah, those are a few players who have admitted to it. Yeah, I think I mean good on them. I think it's more than what the current <clears throat> the current Astros are doing, and uh, honestly, it's just. It's just sad to see because, you know, Jose Altuve is supposed to be one of the greatest players in the game right now, and now nobody likes him, or nobody respects him, really, because he cheats, or he supposedly cheated, and by supposedly, I mean, there's really only evidence to back up the fact that he cheated, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, I, I, it's still mind-boggling to me that the, the, the trophy from 2017 hasn't been taken away. I guess if if the league doesn't want to take it away, then that's their decision, and I just I I don't agree with that decision. I think it's disrespectful to the to the integrity of sports in general, not even just baseball. Um, but also, I I just I don't know how the players have not been dealt some form of punishment. I mean, we saw the Astros fire their GM and their manager. We saw the Red Sox fire their manager, uh, the New York Mets before their manager even managed was uh, parted ways with them. You know, so we've seen... Yeah, we'll get to... We have a lot to yeah. say. There's a lot more that came out about Beltron, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. I just... I think if so many people that are, like, at the forefront of this cheating scandal have really... have been punished, I don't know how the players haven't. Now, I can understand... From the league's point of view, you can't take your best players and just say, "Okay, well, they're not playing anymore." You know, it's it's gonna look bad on not look bad on them, but it, from a marketing standpoint, if your most marketable assets are now not playing, what are you supposed to do? But I think this it has to be done. You you can't you can't have your best players, who so many kids look up to, cheat and then just be like, "All right, uh, go back and play." Like, what are you supposed to do? It's just it's so stupid, in my opinion. They the league is definitely under, uh, do, not doing enough, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you look actually this past Friday, uh, Manchester City of, uh, Manchester City, sorry, the, the team Manchester City was actually suspended two years from cha- the Champions League uh, for something to do with financial uh, problems, or they, they were some financial problems they were doing, and it was happening all upstairs in their front office, and it had really no relation to the players, and they were given a two-year ban um, from the Champions League. And if you want to compare that, the Astros, you know, their players were just as involved as anybody else. They're not getting suspended. Manchester City, on the other hand, has been banned from two years from one of the biggest uh, tournaments in the world for the sport of soccer, uh, two years for the Champions League. And they were, um, yeah, so I just, you know, if you look at the two, it's kind of, you see how 
the Champions League's handling it, and you see how Major League Baseball's handling it, and it's just a complete mess. And uh, the other one thing is clear about this, or sorry, the thing that's also clear is the Houston Astros don't deserve Dusty Baker as a manager. Uh, the fact that Dusty Baker is, you know, he's well-liked around the game, so on and so on. The fact that they're making him speak about this, I think, is flat-out ridiculous. And he came out yesterday and said, obviously, if you want to think about this, is obviously he was definitely told by the front office to do this. Um, he is, he has come out and has urged the MLB to protect Astros from beanballs and retaliation. And he pretty much quoted, I'm depending on the league to try to put a stop to this seemingly uh, premeditated retaliation that I'm hearing about. In most instances in my life, you kind of get uh, reprimanded when you have uh, premeditated anything. I'm just hoping that the league puts a stop to this before somebody gets hurt. So in other words, they are afraid of how they will be viewed as in road cities. And even if teams, are they going to retaliate to them? And the, he's pretty much asked the MLB to protect them. And here's the thing. It's, it's, it's a tough situation to judge if they actually do this, if teams actually retaliate. The one thing I know is when, once, the, once they go to New York this year, um, that will be the ugliest series for any of those players' careers. They will absolutely be destroyed by that crowd, rightfully so, as they beat them last year uh, in the or they yeah they beat them last year uh, in the playoffs. And you know when you go to road cities like that, they are going to be destroyed everywhere they go. But the one city I'm afraid of for them is when they go to New York. And I just I don't understand why Dusty Baker is involved in any of this. He shouldn't be involved as this came before him. But do you think uh, the MLB should protect? The Astros from beanballs and retaliation, and do you think it's an actual legitimate possibility that teams will retaliate to this? So in terms of should the MLB protect them, if you could see me right now, I would be saying yes, but I would be shaking my head no. It's kind of like that I have to say yes, but I really mean no. Um, I think they have to at least say that they're trying to protect them or do something to to make people believe that. But realistically, if somebody gets beaned, Obviously, if it's in the head, maybe you do something about it. But if people are getting hit more often than not, I honestly I don't think anybody would bat much of an eye, or they would be they would have more lenience towards something like a suspension for a pitcher, or you know what I mean. I don't think I think ejections are kind of common. You know, if if in the first game of the season somebody gets hit, I think that pitcher will be ejected, but I doubt they would be suspended. Um, I think, you know, the league, they have to, in a way, say that they're going to protect the players, but realistically, I don't even think, I think literally every single person except for the Astros uh, disagrees with that. They know that they don't deserve to be protected, and I do feel bad for Dusty Baker because, you know, he's guilty by association, and when I say guilty, I just mean he's brought into this, you know, he's the manager, like, of course he's going to be interviewed and asked about this and it's just it's unfortunate because such a such a great guy is just and great on him for taking the the managerial role like it's great to see him him doing things like this again but it's just it's a shame that the Astros are kind of taking advantage of him and saying okay now you have to go and you know basically put out the fire that we started and he's like well the heck am I supposed to do I like I didn't do anything you know it's just it's sad I feel bad for him because he, like I said, he does not deserve to basically be at the forefront of the Astros cheating scandal just because he's now the manager. Like he, he literally had zero affiliation to them when this 
these uh, cheating things happen. Exactly. And um, just to make things even funnier, uh, Carlos Cuerras came out and spoke, and he his excuse for Jose Altuve in that video that went viral when he was urging players not to rip off his jersey after that walk-off home run, uh, Carlos Cuerras is saying it was because of an unfinished tattoo. Um, so there you go. And another useless thing to add just because it makes yourself look even worse. And you mentioned uh, the, sus the suspensions that came out and the firings that came out and all of that, including the Astros. And you brought up Carlos Beltran, who I will now bring up as well. Uh, details have emerged um, from Carlos's Beltran's, Carlos Beltran's uh, role in 2017. And it's claiming that he started the process of the science dealing as early as 2015 with the, when he was a part of the Yankees. And at the time, the rules were very broad. So there really wasn't much that you can do. And when you looked at it, it was something that you were just, you know, it didn't really bother any fans. But this carried over to 2017 when he joined the Astros as he was still a player. And it was reported that he played a huge role in the trash can banging, along with Alex Cora, who was the former manager of the Boston Red Sox, who has been fired. And based off of the article, um, people from The Athletic, people have felt... People felt powerless to stop him, including manager A.J. Hinch. Um, and when he joined the Astros, he reportedly told the team that their sign-stealing methods were behind the times. So this is somebody who was hired as the New York Mets manager who thought he could handle the pressure and continue to manage the Mets this season. Uh, he's the second manager in history to get fired after managing zero games, along with Wally Backman. And a uh, simple question for you, does this impact his Hall of Fame status? I think it has to, honestly, because... You know, we've seen the the whole Barry Bonds thing where they're like, this guy cheated, so should he, you know what I mean? There's been such a lot of controversy. I think this is same thing, different, uh, just different form, you know? He, I think, how can you honestly look up to a player that basically bullied teams into cheating? I just, I don't think he should, you know, I don't think he should be, rec I mean, yes, he had a great career but uh, as a player, but I don't think that you can recognize that without looking at the major downside of his non-playing career. He's just, he honestly is a joke right now, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a few, just a few more things before we bring up Mike Bullsinger. Um, <clears throat> Cody Bellinger was also quick to call out the Astros and said, uh, Jim, Jim, sorry, Jim Crane's apology was weak. Uh, Jose Altuve stole an MVP from Aaron Judge in 2017 and stole a World Series title from the Dodgers. And they cheated in 2018 and 2019, and the only reason why they are apologizing is because they were caught. Now, Carlos Correa came out and was quick to respond, saying you should be informed before you talk about other players. If you don't know the facts, and you should shut the F up. Um, so yeah, just thinking about that, um, before I move on to Mike Bolsinger, just some quick thoughts. Uh, first of all, I don't know what other facts there is to know about why you would question anything that Cody Bellinger said. Cody Bellinger spoke to every for every fan. Uh, in baseball, and uh, I just, you know, again, this is just, they're just making themselves look worse and worse, and this actually has relation to Mike Bolsinger, who we'll bring up now as our last topic for the day, uh, before we just bring up some minor stuff. So Mike Bolsinger, uh, from what we, were, Blue Jays fans remember this guy uh, from 2017, he is suing the Houston Astros over si the sign ceiling scheme, as that day uh, in Houston, I believe it was in August, um, that was his last ever game in the major leagues. And that was the game where he allowed about, or the Astros beat the Jays and scored about 16 runs. So, uh, he, Mike Bolsinger pretty much is just blaming the Astros for 
um, you know, the sign stealing and pretty much saying the cost of his career. And we know, we know Mike Bolsinger, he's not an ace. He's got, you know, we know what you're getting out of him. Um, he, 2015 or sorry, his eye, his ERA was just, you know, four or five of an average, but, uh, that game in Houston, um, that was by far the worst outing of that he's probably ever had in his career or one of them. And, you know, the, the problem with this Astro scandal is that this is affecting people's jobs. And this is, you know, rightfully so that Mike Bolsinger now is out of Major League Baseball. He's been out of Major League Baseball um, since 2017. And he's had to go play overseas now in Japan. Um, and again, he just, he's just suing the, he's suing the Astros. Uh, and actually, what he wants to do is he's suing them. Uh, to, I believe to strip their title and he wants to let me just pull this up so he wants to forfeit the uh, the Astros to forfeit the World Series bonuses and for the money to go to charities in LA focused on battering or bettering kids kids' lives as well as to create a fund for retired baseball players who need financial assistance so none of the money is going to him um, he wants to take the Astros to court though he believes it's the right thing to do and do you think it's do you think Bolsinger's got a um, a good shot at winning this lawsuit against the Astros? I think it's... I don't know. I mean, I think the World Series part, stripping them of the title, I don't think they'll, that that part is realistic. But it's interesting that he wants to basically take all the money that they made from it and send it to elsewhere to people that could actually use it and that would earn that money um, or that would deserve it, I should say. Uh I think, I, I don't know, I mean, I think that it, it, it maybe it's a bit of a coin flip, I think, it it's kind of hard, because there's so many, there's a lot of facts about what, what happened, and, you know, it's just, as, if I'm thinking of, of it from a judge's standpoint, I think it's easy to say, yeah, you cheated, you don't deserve the money, but I think that the Astros would definitely try to you know we've seen them now they're basically shooting their mouth off saying a bunch of stupid things about how you know oh the, we didn't cheat we just we're hiding ca we're not ha uh, hiding cameras we're just not letting you see our unfinished tattoos and whatever i think they could definitely pull some things like that and not to that extent but i think if they were into court their lawyers could definitely you know play devil's advocate for them you know make it seem as if oh no we we just did these tiny things that didn't really affect us and but i don't know i think judging off of what the astros have said by and by astros i mean the players jim crane all those types of guys i think that they better get a damn good lawyer because right now i don't think they would be able to win a case because they're just basically saying like the absolute stupidest things i've ever heard especially coming from professionals especially professionals that have now cheated um, I think, you know, I, I think Bolsinger has a nice chance to win it, this case. Uh, I'm a little surprised personally that he's not asking for a bit of compensation for himself. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm all the respect goes to him for what, what he wants the money to go towards. But also it is a little interesting that he, who he said his wife is pregnant. He doesn't want to, or he didn't want to have to move to a completely new country you know, that whole, uh, his life has now basically been turned upside down in a way. He's going overseas, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, I'm surprised he wouldn't say, well, I want you to give me some of that compensation because you basically forced my life to change this much. But yeah, I think overall, I think he has a, a decent chance at winning this just based off of, I think he has a lot of very good points and the Astros are kind of acting very stupid right now. I think honestly, there's, I don't, I don't see it as unrealistic for him to win. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and just to correct what I said, uh, he was he was not asking for the Astros to forfeit the World Series title. He was just simply asking for the Astros to forfeit their bonuses. And uh, when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was asked if he knew what's, if what pitches were coming, um, yesterday he was asked. He said he would probably get 500 uh, if he knew the pitches were coming. And he would. And there you go. There's nothing more else to say. Um, and clearly, based off of what everyone's saying, is that it's clear that this is worse than steroids because at least was. And I think. Um, believe Chris Bryan of the Chicago Cubs said the same thing and he you know the fact that you know what pitch is coming to you it's a lot easier rather than steroids as you still have to hit the ball obviously but I, we hope you know that's the last time we bring up the Astros on this podcast for a long time um you just we we don't know we're on a week-to-week basis here and uh before we wrap things up just a few little notes um prospect Eric Pardinho um had Tommy John surgery four days ago and he will be back in 2021 so a year of his development is on hold due to Tommy John surgery and Ryan Barucki has been shut down for the next 10 days at least as he's dealing with elbow tightness and I remember a few weeks ago I projected him to be or make the fifth spot of of the starting rotation uh, for 2020 Um, you know his chances of making the rotation have taken a significant hit so that fifth starting spot will be a heavy uh, heavy topic of conversation as a lot of competition will be um, occurring for that uh, just next Saturday when the Jays begin Grapefruit League action and I believe everything else I think we've covered everything else this week lots of things this week again we'd like to thank you all for listening to section 138 and uh, thank you to Jacob and we hope to have Mark back next week but again thanks for uh, listening this week we hope you enjoyed um, everything we spoke about including Reese McGuire's uh, questionable decision making and Jacob's questionable opinions on supporting him But again, uh, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next week.